0: What's up, Say What family? I just love my intro music. I don't know if you like it or if you hate it. I don't know that I want you to tell me because if you hate it, I'm probably still not going to change it. But it's a good time for me. I think it's a fun it's a fun little, little jam. Hope you guys are doing well. I am sitting here super excited to record the podcast because I have a special guest on today. I guess it has not been on the podcast in a while and that's a sh- true shame because she should be on here a lot more. Um, but we're just like hanging out. We're drinking our Dutch Bros. If you don't have a Dutch Bros near you, I'm so sorry you are missing out. We love Dutch Bros. We also have a friend who manages Dutch Bros. Shout out to Kenna. We love you because she just makes it the best experience ever. So, but let's like introduce our guest. Super pumped to have you. Hello, Caroline, my best friend. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome back to Say What.
1: Hello, uh, Hannah. Thanks for having me back on and Say What fam. I have Missed you guys. I've been super pumped to join uh, one of the Facebook groups that Hannah recently launched, and have gotten to connect with some of you guys, meet some of you guys. Got to have a conversation with a girl who went to college the same place I went to college My hometown is my same hometown so you know say what's just bringing us all together it truly is it's such a small world I honestly don't know how
0: like we didn't know each other in real life um it's true because we were just all in the same circles. so yep. really crazy but it we've been talking about recording this episode for I mean months if yes. and <laughs> we're just by like okay we have to do this Tuesday Caroline was like do you want to record that like this week and I was like yes let's <laughs> like, do it I'm ready to get it out there um because it's important but I just, you know, have been do- having a little bit of a last-minute life right now. So I'm glad that we got this going on. Um, I don't even know what last-minute life means. I'm everything. It's just t- been that kind of week. It's just been we we have you know, it's struggling this week, we but it's, it's fine. We're going to overcome. We're here. We got Dutch Bros. It's snowing right. beautifully outside. It is snowing beautifully outside. Somehow I'm still sweating in my house, but I think this just happens when I record a podcast every time I get a little, get a little sweaty, but it's okay. It's okay. I am so happy that you are here. I don't know why we don't have you on more. I it's cause I'm living a last minute life and don't plan <laughs> things out enough, but we're going to get better. And I'm also so happy that you're in the say what membership. So yes, this is a do. shout out to all my membership girls love you guys. You are the absolute best. And I'm just glad that you're in one of them. I appreciate you Thank and you. all let you do. I'm going to give a shout out to Caroline real quick because she does so much for the podcast that you guys don't even see or know about and just has a lot of like the vision for it. And, and it's just, she's like my right hand and I just really appreciate you. And all of say what appreciates you. So you're Thank the best. You. Thank you. Love say what? Well, give us a little bit like where your life is right now, what you're loving. Cause it has been a while since you've been on. So just give us a little update.
1: Yes. Um, it has been a minute. Since I've been on, um, I think one of one of the the most major things since uh, we were here together last was that I moved away from where I was living, <clears throat> and moved farther away from Hannah and Thomas, and they just decided they couldn't bear it anymore. And so then they moved to our actual apartment complex. Truly, yeah. So we're literal neighbors now, which is incredible. It's Uh, wonderful. It's a very big deal. It
0: has made life so much easier. It really has. (laughs) It really has.
1: Much simpler. It's like we can walk out our back door and walk into Hannah and Thomas's front door. We can all, like, walk to our church. Like, we're so close. We're so connected now. It's amazing. I can't believe that we ever chose to live like 45 minutes apart from each other? What were we thinking? Yeah, that was know.
0: that was really dumb. I remember when we knew that we wanted to move and we were kind of wanting to move fast. I had like looked at, you know, complexes around the area and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going <laughs> to go to where we live. Like, I don't know why I'm even looking at any other options. I was just like, I'll just entertain that. And then I was like, that's stupid. That's right. <laughs> I was like, I just need to be neighbors. And of course it just happened to be that our buildings are right next. I didn't pick our building, right. you know, it just kind of worked out. So it's a fun time. It did.
1: Yeah. So super pumped to be where we are, to be neighbors with our best friends. If you have never been neighbors with your best friends before, 10 out of 10 recommend. Always. Um, It's the best. It's very convenient. It's very fun. Um, something else that's very new is that we have all started going to the gym together. It is. We are the loudest people of the
0: gym. We absolutely are. We are the loudest not people. not because
1: we're grunting with the effort <laughs> of the massive weights we're lifting. Right. Are you more, sure it's not that? <laughs> definitely. I yeah, I, I think it is um but more so just because we're having more fun in the gym than anyone else absolutely because we we work out and we travel as a clan we do all um, four of us together yeah. in this
0: very tiny uh-huh. gym because uh-huh. the gym that we're going to is very tiny this is definitely my like fifth membership at Planet Fitness <laughs> because I just think I'm gonna work out then I don't but this time we're actually doing it we are. and it's really small that we're the one that we're going to and but we just you know do all the same things together and so we're just like as a four, like, group of people. Yep. We're just, like, walking from machine to machine. And um, we have a great time. We do. We, we really, really do. fantastic and time.
1: if we weren't having such a fun time, we probably would not be going as much as right. we are. Because, like, I was telling Hannah, we were at the gym last night. And Thomas decided to try to kill all of us. So that was really fun. He did, yeah. Um, I told Hannah, I said, you know... I'm so glad the four of us are coming and doing this and are committed to doing this together. Mm-hmm. Because if I just came by myself, I'd probably stay on the elliptical the whole time, right? Wouldn't do anything else. exactly. Yeah. And then if it was just me and my husband Corbin coming, we would probably <laughs> just like fight the whole time because he'd be you like, know? "You're supposed to do it like this," and I'd be like, "No, you're not." You know, it's fun, but since it's <laughs> the just, four of us, <laughs> right, balances it all out. Right, I am right, right. trying and doing machines that I would never do, yep, like yep. the stairs stepper machine that we all almost lost our lives on last we night. Did. Um, so yeah, yeah, so you know, that's another reason to be, to be neighbors with your best friends because then you, you know, can all go to the same gym at the same time, great. ride together, have and a party. It, and it really
0: works out because like me and Corbin function a lot of the same way yes. and Thomas and Caroline function a lot the same way. <laughs> yes. So if there's something ever going on, we can just like jump in and you know, I'll go be and Corbin we'll go, what did we say? What were we doing last night? We are doing squats. Yes. Just like me and Corbin, uh-huh. we're just doing squats by Thomas and Caroline are figuring out the machine. Like, it. you know, we just, we make it work and it's great and it's so much fun and, um, I love it. And I would never thought that I would say I love the gym. Yes, but I
1: am yes. like it's really fun. I love it because of how we are doing it yes. right now, and we're going like a lot. Yeah, like we are. we're we're going again tonight. We're going. Yes. we're going two days in a row. Say what, fam? We can are. you believe it? We are. Be we proud. we've been doing that for a couple for like two weeks now. Yeah. So yeah.
0: we're really crushing it. It's it's a fun time. So if we're winded, it's because last night Thomas was like <laughs> the last thing we're gonna do is like do the stair stepper for two minutes as fast as you can go, which is probably super. Super careless. So take all of the personal training <laughs> I mean, advice from me. Yep, yep. I can be your personal trainer now, and it. Um, you know, we're we did it, and we all thought we were gonna die. Um, but it was a good like finish up, finish out strong because we were yes. doing leg day and did abs. felt so very powerful. Yes, that we didn't die. Little winded today, yes, still from that. Just <laughs> a bit.
1: Carrying carrying the groceries up the to the third to the Ooh. third floor was was an experience today.
0: It was rough. It yeah. was rough. So would you say that the gym is one thing you're loving right now?
1: Yes, okay. I, I definitely would. And, and like I said, just because we're all going together, because since you guys have moved into our complex, mm-hmm. you would think that naturally we'd be seeing each other like way more often since yeah. we're literally neighbors. But because life has been so busy the last couple months, we've all been and sick. We've all been sick, yeah, at like multiple times, times. Yeah, 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 at different times. And you know, but there's been traveling. We just haven't seen each other quite as much as I would have anticipated, right? And so, us all committing to going to the gym together, I'm like, like, okay, guaranteed, built in. We're gonna see each other right. these times, yes. and it's been so much fun. So yeah, yeah definitely loving that agree. right now. I
0: think now that we're like all done with being sick because we all got sick like right after mm-hmm. another, and I think that we're done with that, and like work is slowing down a little bit, then like we'll be able to see each other more, but it's just been wild. So, okay. That's one thing you're loving right now. What is one thing that you maybe are not as loving as much in this life, right? Um, This moment,
1: you know, I, I'm going to share this. I'm going to speak from a very vulnerable place. Um, Oh, wow. Uh, I have really not been loving the fact that the grape olipop has been (laughs) sold out like everywhere. That's true. Um, It's very rude. Um, Very very personally victimized by this because in my opinion, the grape olipop is superior. It is the best,
0: truly. It's the one that I like always finish. Yes,
1: absolutely. I I mean, it's the one that truly to me is the most... um, true to a grape soda yes. you know what i mean like their other flavors right. are good but when i drink that grape olipop it's it,
0: like the grape yes soda. Yeah. and it, it yeah, like yeah. the first
1: time i drink it it immediately took me back to this like childhood memory i had of like drinking a, a grape soda i'm like yes. okay this stuff is this stuff is powerful Although we
0: have not tried the ginger lemon it's yet, true we so we, got we got it that today, today. Yeah. so
1: I, I had to go out of my way and go to a different <laughs> a different store than i usually go to i had been Thank to multiple for king supers they didn't have it they were sold out so i went to a sprout today and I, I called hannah and i was like okay i'm at sprouts here's the flavors they have right They're two for four what do you want so i stocked up today yes we're gonna try the ginger lemon um i'm sure hannah will let you know next yeah, week how I that will. went i will um so we it's, have an idea
0: that it's gonna be really refreshing yes. kind of like hit you in the face yes. which is what we're hoping for so
1: right right olipop
0: please sponsor me i've emailed you and you need to email me back but that's okay we're just like in like a talking phase right now that's we're, right. Not that's we're not committed we're not right. like fully dating we have not defined our relationship we are talking um and i just wish you would talk back to me yeah that's just we'll all i there. have to say we'll get there. you know you know i'm gonna keep trying until you Till you decide to work with me, because I love you guys. I talk about you all the time. Anyways, I'm a little bitter. It's fine. Big facts. Fine. I I'm love Just try it. Yeah. Just
1: and you know, you know while while we're having this conversation, Ollie that you're totally listening to this. You know, just <laughs> send out some more grape Ollie to all the King Supers, because they're lacking.
0: They are. You know, they are. And yep. it's clearly
1: the most popular flavor because it's sold out. It's, so, I
0: don't think I've ever seen it at the King Soopers. Actually, I don't know why I say that. I don't grocery <laughs> shop
1: for our family,
0: but the times that I have gone, it has never been there. And it's not been at Target either. So, and I, you always have so many vintage colas. And yes. I'm not going to lie, I don't like the vintage cola. I'm like, that's why there's and so many. That's why there's so many. Yeah. That's why there's so More many.
1: More grape, less cola.
0: Yes. And the strawberry vanilla is great for like a treat, but I can't drink it a lot because right. it's really sweet. But right. it's nice when you want like a treat. For sure. So, I've been having to buy the other brand that's in my fridge right now. Uh Poppy. Poppy, yes. Yeah. And I just don't like it as much. Yeah. It's a little too in my face. Yeah.
1: But. It's a time. little more kombucha-y and less soda-y. Yes. You know? Yeah. So it depends on what you're looking for. Truly. Yeah. We could
0: have a whole podcast about Lipop. Honestly. I feel great about it. Let's
1: start a podcast called Beverage Girls. Yes, um, Bev Gals. Honestly, that's my new love dream. It. Yes. I know. When
0: I, when I, we you know, I send out, well, usually I send out <laughs> outlines way in advance, but, you know, the one I sent out today, I was like, what's one thing you love, one thing you don't love? And I figured you were going to say that you're a Bev girl and that you're, like, mm, really yes. enjoying your beverages right now. Always. But, you know, the gym, I feel honored that I was included in what you're Absolutely. loving. So, It's a good time. Okay. We're going to actually now get into the episode (laughs) of 11 minutes in. So we today are talking about hymens and hymenectomies. So, um, I hope I I think I said that right. Hymenectomies. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we've talked about this a little bit on Instagram and you guys have had questions and there's a lot of like Um, myths out there about what your hymen is. And Caroline has actually had a hymenectomy. And so I was like, perfect, we can come on, like you can share your experience and, and your story about it. Um, My dog is currently throwing things all over our house right now. (laughs) Um, But besides that, Caroline is going to talk about her story with her um, experience getting a hymenectomy, what that like, why she got it, all that info. Um, So we're going to talk about that today, because there is such like, myths out there. And people are so don't fully understand everything about hymens. And um, it's just like, you think everyone has one popping the cherries. Like when we're referring to hymens, that's what people talk about is when you pop your cherry, they think you're always going to bleed when you have sex, like no matter what. And that's just not true. So Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about hymens. So that's the first thing we're going to get into is giving some definitions. Um, I will say I get a lot of my info from Healthline, which I really love Healthline because as much as, you know, I educate on here, I'm not a sex educator. I have a psychology degree, so <laughs> Caroline also has a psychology degree. Yes. Um, but I like Healthline because it explains things in medical terms, but ways that I can understand. Because a oh, lot of that. Yeah, a lot of stuff really goes over my head. Um, but a lot of articles on Healthline really make it to where I can understand what they're saying. So I'm not calling myself, you know, dumb or stupid, not self-deprecating. But there is a fact that stuff goes over my head. So... I really like using Healthline, so that's where this information is coming from, and I will link um, one episode, I mean one article in the episode notes where I got some of this information from as well to make sure, like just to cite my sources. So when you were, I guess before you got your hymenectomy, what did you, did you know anything about hymens, like at all, or anything like that?
1: I did not. I, you know, I don't think I've talked about this much when I've been on the podcast before, but I really didn't receive much sex education at all mm-hmm. because with the exception of kindergarten, all of my education was either at a private Christian school or mm-hmm. homeschooled.
0: I always forget you were homeschooled for yes. a little bit. Like yeah. always. five but you years. Were, yeah. Yeah.
1: I always forget that. So I, I think, um, most of the time when I would have received that education, I wasn't even in school. And then when I was back in uh, private school for high school, it, you know, it was pretty much taught abstinence only. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, I was very fortunate to have one health teacher who I think probably got a little bit more honest with us than she quote unquote should, should have. have. Yeah, um, in just, your private Christian school. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. um, which I really appreciate that. And, you know, it was super helpful to have her actually truly give us some more Insight, sight. Um, but you know, there were, you know, boundaries and, you know, things that she was not able to cross because yeah, of her job. And right. I understand that. I don't think that was her fault. You know, right. that's, that's just, you know, why we're here. Cause the, the right. whole system is corrupt. Um, <laughs> right, you know, right. it's absence only is just not, um, a thorough, realistic, no. helpful, no. uh, type of education for anyone in the sex department. So, um, so I didn't really get a whole lot of sex education and, Um, so I had no idea what the hymen was specifically, of course, you know, coming up through high school. And at at this point when, when I personally got my hymenectomy, it was the summer after my sophomore year of college. Okay. So obviously at that point I knew the whole like theories about, you know, popping your cherry and you know, the first time you have sex, you're you know going to bleed because, you know, but I definitely didn't know like the medical term hymen and exactly what that was yeah, in my yeah, body. Right. So no. I don't
0: even, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't even know. I was trying to think when, because we I knew we were recording this today of like when I actually learned what a hymen was or that what the name of that was. And I really don't know. Yeah. Like it could have been like, after I got married. Like Mm -hmm. I really cannot remember when I first learned what hymen was. That's not because I like learned it when I was a kid. It's because I just was never really taught that part of my body existed. And they would just say that like, Oh, you're going to bleed because your cherry is going to pop. And I'm like, what, there, yeah. there's a cherry inside like what right. do you mean there's a cherry inside of me right. which is like so oh my gosh that's
1: so terrifying like say to like right. a young girl like you're oh well yeah, now yeah. That I'm really thinking about that that's horrifying
0: right isn't it though That it's like oh your cherry's gonna pop and it's like what does that even mean like and not and they don't tell you that like not everyone has a cherry. Like, has a cherry? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> not everyone has a cherry. Look at me, like, encouraging um, poor sex education. Not oh. everyone has a hymen, like, which is also a, something I wanted to bring up today because there is a common, like, idea that every single woman has a hymen, and right. that's, that's not true. You right. may have one, you may not, and you're not going to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have it, it's very hard to see. Um, but it's interesting. Like, neither of us, like, really even yeah. knew what it was. And I'm, I'm sure you you learned about it, obviously, right. before because you were having – um, some issues but like right. I couldn't tell you when I when I really learned when it was yeah and so I'm just gonna like give us a definition of the hymen please if you also are like I don't know that is which is no shame here guys like fully you guys know that but it's okay if you don't know what it is, because I'm going to tell you. So the hymen is a thin, fleshy tissue that's located at the opening of your vagina. And they are different for everyone. Not everyone's looks the same. Um, your hymen can be stretched open the first time you have vaginal sex, which might cause some pain or bleeding. But this doesn't happen for everyone. And it can also like be stretched open the first time you... Um, Like, have your fingers inside of you, whether you're getting fingered or you're, like, inserting birth control or inserting a tampon. Like, Mm -hmm. all those things can stretch your hymen. It's not just sex. And so that's also where there's... Or even things like
1: cheerleading, horseback riding, where you're, you know, a lot of movement and maybe there's just, like, a lot of excess stretching or, you know... I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Friction, <laughs> friction, I guess. Yeah, Friction's is yeah, the word. Yeah. That's a good word.
0: Yeah. There, it can be caused from like many things. There's not just like one thing, even though a lot of people out there would like to say that sex is the only reason mm-hmm. and that if you don't bleed, then you're like, that's the other thing is like hymens is are heavily connected to virginity. Yes.
1: So I know this is so random, but I'm sure all of us have maybe seen some sort of like movie or TV show Mm -hmm. of like kind of more like medieval times. And, you know, it was such a big deal for, you know, the princesses or the ladies or the maidens, you know, to be a virgin when they were going to marry like the prince or the Lord or whoever, Mm -hmm. whatever. And so a lot of times in these situations, they would have like literally like a doctor or a priest or like both, which was like terrifying, (laughs) come in and basically confirm the maiden's virginity, Uh which I don't know exactly how... That happened, but right. from what I've seen in like movies and what I've read in books, I can only imagine that it's some sort of like visual and like mm-hmm. um some sort of like finger inspection of like yeah. if their st- hymen is still intact, right? Which, like we just said, there are so many things that can happen that like right. thin or remove or you know break your hymen over time that have absolutely right. nothing to do with sex, right? And so, I remember this just being such a big deal of like, oh, you know, we've got to make sure, yeah, that her virginity, quote, like her virginity is intact, and right. that was equated with the hymen the being hymen. intact.
0: Which is so crazy too. Also, like if they're inspecting it, wouldn't they be stretching it out right, too? Which is right. like so backwards because you're mm-hmm. trying to like make sure that she's you know perfect or whatever, and then it's like, but you're also looking at uh-huh. it, which I think is just a pervy thing that they were absolutely to do. so absolutely it's like. And I also know um, I don't have personal experience with this. Maybe you do. I was actually messaging with someone on Instagram about this, like. Probably two months ago, maybe, um, about like virginity checks, that some gynecologists will do virginity checks, like still.
1: No. Yes,
0: yes. People, gynecologists will still do virginity checks. Like, I'll, I'm raging inside. I'll message um, my friend about it, who I was talking to about this, and see because um, I think she posted like a link or article or something. But like people, they still do virginity checks, and I'm it's horrified. like, why? Why do we do that? Because we don't do that for men, and yeah, so I it's know. like, and some because some way al- along the lines, like the science got me- like messed up, mm-hmm. and people thought like people. Were, I, I I don't know if this always came from like a bad place, which I, I do know patriarchy and wanting control women, but I do think that they were like, Oh, well, all these people have had sex and they bleed every time. So that right. just must be how it is, right. which is just not true. Yep. And so it just got like, so like messed up over time that now this is like what we hold women's virginity by. And, Absolutely. There's, and it's virginity is a construct anyway. So yep. it's like, yep. it's so messed up. It's so messed up. We could talk about that for a whole other podcast Absolutely. episode. <laughs> um, but we also, I just want to answer a couple more questions that I usually get whenever I talk about hymens, and that is, does everyone have a hymen? No, um, I, I did already answer that. But yeah, not everyone has a hymen, and that doesn't make you any more or less of a person. It's just like how your body's made, and it's fine. Um, and can you see your hymen? The answer is no, you cannot, um, because it is usually, or it, I don't know if it's like 100% you can't see it, but it's the same color as the inside of your vagina, like your vaginal canal. They're the same color, and it's so thin that you
1: can't really see it. So, Like you yourself will not be able to see your own hymen, and yes. probably just like the average Joe wouldn't be able to tell. Right. Like your gynecologist, like obviously mine, <laughs> knew that right. mine was very much still there, and yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah,
0: because I'm sure they know what to look for. Exactly. But if you're just like putting a mirror up, you're not going to see any difference right. between like your vaginal canal or your... Um, or your hymen, like you can't really see a difference. Doctors, obviously, yes. And we'll talk about how yours was able to, um, but just you yourself, no, you can't see it. Um, so let's like start talking about your hymenectomy, hymenectomy. Tell us like how it even like became a thing that you needed to go to the doctor. Like, were you having issues? Like, just tell us your story with this. Oh, and we actually probably need to give, a definition real quick of the hymenectomy. Sorry, I forgot to do this. Um, the definition of a hymenectomy is a hymenectomy is a medical procedure involving their surgical removal or opening of the hymen. It is often performed on patients with an imperforate, did I say, did I say that word right? I think so. I think so. <laughs> or septate hymen. Don't know about that Don't one. know what that actually <laughs> means, but, <laughs> um, or other situations where a hymen is usually thick or unusually thick, excuse me, or rigid. So... You'll explain why yours had to get, and that'll help us understand. It's basically like the opening or the removal of your hymen.
1: Yeah, so for sure, that's the definition. (laughs) Yes, Um, which is awesome because, like we were just saying, I didn't know what the hymen was. I didn't know what a hymenectomy was until I found myself in the situation that I was in. Um, So, a little bit of just my personal experience and story with my my story with my hymen, everyone. (laughs) Love it. Yes. Um. So. I am a person who, from a pretty young age, started going to the gynecologist. I started my period pretty early on, Mm -hmm. um, and also pretty early on, my periods were irregular. Yeah. And so I was having pretty heavy periods, like, every two weeks. Oh, wow. At, like, age 12 or 13. That's a lot. So it was a lot. Yeah. Um, And obviously, that's not fun. Obviously, that's not normal. So my mom took me to a gynecologist. And, man, I just loved her so much. She is such a great woman. She's retired now, or I would totally recommend her. Yeah. Um, But she had a daughter who was about my age, which even just knowing that, like, Mm -hmm. made me more comfortable around her. For sure. And I'm sure that just, like, enabled her to interact with me, you know, better and more appropriately because she absolutely understood where right. I was in life yeah. Like I wasn't just You know I wasn't like A 25 year old woman Like coming right. in And like knew everything About my body Knew everything about sex Knew everything about my period You know all these right. things And so She knew where you were Like
0: physically Emotionally Because exactly. her daughter Was going through exactly. that. Exactly
1: yes um, And so she was amazing So I uh, went to her Pretty early on Like I said I think it was 12 or 13 And got on A birth control pill mm-hmm. To specifically Regulate my cycles So mm-hmm. I could be You know more regularly On a cycle And not have having a period every two weeks. Um, so I, you know, when you're when you're on birth control, it's definitely very highly recommended that you at least have an annual appointment with a gynecologist mm-hmm. so they can just check and see how your body is responding to whatever birth control you're on. So I, you know, was going to see her annually, annually for exams and, you know, to re-up my prescription on my birth control. But because I was so young um, and because I wasn't sexually active, you know, her examinations of me were pretty, you know, minimal mm-hmm. and there wasn't, you know, there was no need for like PAPS me or anything like that. Like I'm a very young girl. Um, So I think, you know, I was going to a gynecologist, but I think the reason that we didn't figure out, you know, what was going on with my hymen earlier is because she wasn't really doing invasive exams where she was – you know, checking out my vagina that often. Right. Like yeah, it really yeah. just wasn't necessary for why I was visiting her. Right. So, um, you know, like I said, had started a period pretty early on. Um, so, you know, everybody does it differently. So for a while I was using pads and then, you know, summer rolls around and you're mm-hmm. like, let's really see if we can make tampons work, you know, for swimming pool days, yeah, lake yeah. days, water parks, you know, all that fun stuff. And, you know, just for me personally, like I would be nice to not always wear a pad. It'd be right. nice to use a tampon, right? Um, and at least have the option of whatever I wanted to do,
0: right? The option is like what really exactly is helpful
1: for sure. Yeah. So I don't remember exactly how old I was when I started trying to use tampons, but. Uh, it just did not work for me. Gotcha. Um, like even using the, you know, tiniest, you know, most junior light, Mm -hmm. uh, tampons, like, you know, my mom would try, like she would get like the most expensive ones that were like the pearls. They're really smooth, really sleek, you know, the best ones that she could get. Yeah. Yeah. The best ones and the tiniest ones you could get. Um, and it just did not work. Mm. Like I would try to insert the tampon and it just felt like I was hitting a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that whole experience, obviously I didn't know what was going on. Obviously my mom didn't know what was going, going on. It wasn't her personal experience. And, you know... Obviously, you know, as we're sitting here and talking about this, we're living in a day and age where you know women kind of talk with each other more openly about you know their periods, their bodies, their Mm -hmm. sex lives, like what's going on, like is this normal? Is this just me? Yeah. Um. But you know, back then, it's not (laughs) it's not a normalized conversation, and it was kind of like, well, if this wasn't my experience, like you know, it I don't know what to tell you, kind of type thing, and there weren't like a lot of resources to figure out what that might be. And, and people so, like
0: weren't talking about it. There right, was like a lot right. of shame, especially also with our backgrounds of like growing exactly. with super strict Christian world. It's yes. like just immediate shame of something yes. like that isn't quote working. Or Absolutely.
1: Whatever. Yeah. So, so from that, there came a little bit of, and I, I truly believe that my mom was like, well-intended with this. And I, I really think that, you know, a part of this could be correct for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So she told me, she was like, you know, I think it's just like a mental block you have because like you're scared and, you know, like, you know, inserting something in your vagina. Like, you know, that's, that's a totally
0: fair thing to say. Like I, I'm very much about like, it's not in your head, but like when you're young like that, trying to, figure this out that, I mean, it, guys remember the first time you tried to put a tampon
1: and it was yeah. scary. So like, yep. I, I I agree. I think
0: your mom was like trying to like, For sure. figure out, she was like, Oh, there's probably not like a medical thing. It's absolutely. probably just that. It's like,
1: i never heard of that. She'd never heard right. of that. Not in so, a dismissive way, absolutely. but just uh, let's try and figure yeah. it out. I never, I never felt dismissed by her and it was yeah. never any sort of like, well, you know, you're just messed up in the head because you yeah. can't do this. It was just very much like, Hey, I understand. Like sometimes we have mental blocks about things Yeah, and you know, you know, let's do whatever we can. Like, I'll do whatever I can to help you to make this work because I know you want to be able to use tampon. And so, you know, over the years, Mm -hmm. you know, we tried... You know, everything I think really that we could kind of think of, like tried using lube on the tampon to help Mm -hmm. it insert more smoothly, you know, tried different brands of tampons, tried different things to like help me be like really relaxed when I was trying to insert it. We, you know, tried having her insert it for me because she was Mm -hmm. like, maybe you're just not at the right angle, you know. Yeah, yeah. We did all these things, and pretty much every period I would have, she would, you know, say, like, you need to try. Right. And I just remember just like getting to the point. So I, I started doing this, you know. Age 13, 14, something like that. And so imagine me now at age 18, 19. At this point, you know, I'm in college, still cannot use tampons. And I'm like, I just was getting, got to the point where I just hated having my period because, you know, aside from all the reasons that periods are already just like crappy and affect us, it was just another reminder of like, I am not able to do this. Like I'm not being successful. And so, you know, and still thinking like, if this is like a mental block and something's wrong with me mentally, or if something's wrong with me physically, like both of those options were scary options. And yeah. I just didn't know what was right. going on. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, you know, somewhere in that second semester of my sophomore year of college, I was talking with my mom about it. And I was like, look, look, I don't think this is normal. And, yeah. you know, let's remember, too, at this point, like, and now I'm in college and I am surrounded by a group of women. Right. I was in a sorority. Like, we are talking more openly about right. these things. Right, so you're things. now
0: actually learning exactly. other people's experiences aren't, like, exactly. what your experience experiencing. yes.
1: Yeah. And and I'm like, Okay this is not normal. Something's up and I want to figure out what it is. Yeah. So I, you know, conveyed this to my mom and she was like, absolutely. And I I think too, the reason she didn't push anything earlier because she didn't want to push me to do anything I wasn't comfortable to do or that felt invasive to me. For sure. And so, you know, I understand and appreciate that as well.
0: She was, I think, just trying to do the best that she could with you with all that stuff. Absolutely.
1: So went to my gynecologist, you know, went home from college, you know, one, three-day weekend or something like that went to my gynecologist and I just told her I was like look is still not working. I know you typically don't do like more invasive exams with me because mm-hmm. you know because of my age because I'm not sexually active whatever I'm like but now I want, I want you I to get you all to, up right. in there. I need you to look, look around, <laughs> poke around, tell me what's going on. Have you had, had a pap yet? At this point. At this point, yes, I okay. have. Yeah. Okay. Um. Or sorry, no, not not at this point. Okay. In the story. Okay. Yeah. At, at this point in this in, at this in point in the story, I had, had not had not. a pass here. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Um. Uh. So. Which again, I think the reason I had not was because like Hannah and I have talked about, we grew up so much immersed in the purity culture and like the thought of us being sexually active and like needing to be checked for pap smears and, you know, needing birth control and all that stuff. It just, you know, wasn't even a conversation that was on the table because it was like, you know, this is not even reality. Right. So, um, so I told my gynecologist, you know, do what you need to do. We got to get this figured out. And so it's almost humorous now looking back how mm-hmm. quickly she was able to figure out exactly what the issue was. Wow, wow. Um so she basically had tried to I like put my feet up in the stirrups and she tried to insert her pinky mm-hmm. into my vagina. Couldn't. Mm. Um, tried to get a Q-tip and insert a Q-tip into my vagina. Couldn't. Wow. Um, And so I don't remember exactly how she explained it to me at the time, but basically what the issue was, was my hymen was so thick Mm -hmm. that it really couldn't be penetrated, couldn't be stretched enough for even a Q-tip to insert itself into my vagina. Wow. So the opening was you know, big enough to where like my, you know, period was still able to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so things, things come out, but nothing was going in. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we were like, okay. And again, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing, you know, learning what a hymen is learning about this, you know, part inside of my body that has had such a effect on my life for the past, you know, however many years. And so I'm like, okay, well, what, what do we do about this? How do we fix this? And right. At first, you know, we talked about, she said, okay, you know, I want you to try to do some things on your own to see if you can stretch out your hymen a little Mm -hmm. bit. And so for a while... I just myself, you know, using my fingers, try to kind of like massage my mm-hmm. hymen to see if I could thin it out, to see if I could stretch the opening a little bit, yeah. went back for another checkup, nothing, nothing. like not really a noticeable So she difference. was giving
0: you like, I want you to go home and try this stuff yes. before we have to jump to surgery, exactly. I, which I appreciate yeah, that, like giving absolutely. You, trying to get you to do certain things. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, um and so but when it was I budging. yeah it, it, was was not, it was not it was not budging at least not in like a noticeable helpful way gotcha gotcha and so then you know okay more serious was yes. it
0: painful sorry to interrupt was it painful when you were trying so like were you experiencing pain or was it just like I just can't get anywhere in
1: yeah I would say more of that like okay. it there was definitely like pressure and like I said kind of like hitting a brick wall of mm. like I'm putting pressure on this but n- nothing's really budging so gotcha. not really pain I could okay. feel the pressure um but you know. If I was like pushing too much, mm-hmm. like if I was really, really like, you know, when I was back trying to insert tampons, like if mm-hmm. I was really trying to do that, I mean, that would get to the point where it's painful. Gotcha. Um, but, but when just like I, trying to
0: massage it out and like stretch it out. It right. was not painful. That okay. was not painful. That's yeah.
1: Once I actually knew what I was doing and was being more delicate and intentional with it, mm-hmm. there was no pain. When gotcha. I was trying to jam a tampon into my vagina, <laughs> there was pain. Right. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> For that's sure. Fair. That's fair. Okay. For sure. So. Um, So yeah, so like I said, we tried those less invasive measures, wasn't working, and so then we had a more serious conversation about okay, like what, what are my options here? Because you know at this point, you know I'm I think like nineteen. and I'm like, okay, well eventually I'm going to have sex. Right. Um, so I'm going to need for a penis right. to fit into my vagina. And if at a some Q-tip point,
0: isn't going in, uh huh,
1: we need to really figure uh-huh. this out. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, and, and you know, and for, forget a penis. Like right. I still want to use tampons over here. Like right. I'm going to be a camp counselor this summer and I need to be able to get in the pool whenever I need to get in the pool. Right. You Right. Know? Right.
0: You just, for your own well-being, Absolutely. And then you also want to have sex one day. So exactly. Like, we need to figure this yeah. out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like, what are our options here? And she basically said, well, there are two options, and the first option was really to do nothing, to keep Mm -hmm. trying to do what I was doing with, like, trying to massage it and thin Mm -hmm. it and, you know, spread the opening myself, Mm -hmm. and eventually, one day, whenever I had sex for the first time, the eventual outcome would be that that penetration would... You know, for all intents and purposes, open, stretch, break that my terrible. ultra thick, tiny opening hymen. Oh my gosh. Um, which she, you know, was honest with me, told me, she said, um, you will experience extreme and intense pain when that that happens. Yeah, that sounds like the worst. Uh I appreciate her telling you all the options, but no, thank you. So that was option number one. I'm like, okay, I'm terrified. That (laughs) sounds horrible. Uh, What's option number two? She said, well, option number two is a hymenectomy. Mm. And I'm like, what is that? And so she told me, she said, basically, um, we're going to go in Mm -hmm. and I'm going to – you know, using surgical tools, cut and remove your hymen mm. to the point where you can have like a functioning, <laughs> a, a quote, functioning vagina right, for all yeah. intents and purposes <laughs> right, right, where, right. you know, using tampons and yeah. penetrational sex is possible. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, like, what does that really look like? How does that work? You yeah. know, is that something I can just you know, we could like do today. Day, right, and yeah. she said, oh no. Okay. Sure. She said, you know, we will have you come in and you will be, you know, put under anesthesia because you're not going to want to remember this.
0: Gotcha. So it's like invasive. It's, it a, it's a, it's it's a full on surgery, like procedure. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, how it went for me is I, I went in that morning, they did the procedure and I was able to go home, you know, later in that afternoon. Gotcha. So I didn't have to like stay overnight in the hospital or anything, but yeah. it but was definitely, yes, under anesthesia. Yes, and, you know, I appreciate her. She was like, you're not going to want to remember this. Yeah. Um, it's, it would be painful. Like, just like, you know, waiting for it to happen, you know, just in my normal life, it would yeah. be painful. You know, if she did it without anesthesia, like mm-hmm. it would also be painful. Wow. Wow. Um. And so I, I was like, okay. And, you know, at this point I'm kind of looking over my parents because I yeah. am like, you know, I've never had like a surgery before, you know, what, what does this look like? Right. And at this point, I think it's very important to mention, um, that, My insurance did not cover my hymenectomy.
0: Oh my god! Yes, Caroline and I talk about how terrible insurance Mm -hmm. is probably once a week. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, why do these people just get to decide what your body needs or what it doesn't need? Oh my gosh! So
1: I, I, I didn't know that at the time because Mm -hmm. I mean, I I mean, I don't. Maybe some 19 year olds are super aware of you know their insurance and everything that comes along. That I was not. I was still on my parents' insurance. My parents didn't tell me until after the fact that my Mm -hmm. insurance didn't didn't cover it, which I appreciated because I probably would have felt some sort of guilt guilt around that. Because, you know, it's a surgery and surgeries are expensive if if insurance doesn't cover it I think it's a good thing
0: your parents didn't tell you that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so, um, which I think that's an important thing to note here is that my parents not only like allowed me to have this surgery, but Mm -hmm. they wanted me to have this surgery because they did not want me to have to experience the type of pain my gynecologist was talking about when I had sex for the first time which to me it meant a lot then but to more it means more to me even now Mm, oh yeah because you know having not had sex at that point and you know having sex now I I just cannot imagine if that would have been my first experience like I probably honestly would just not wanted to have had sex again yeah yeah. it would have been really traumatizing like I can't even imagine like you know you're you know, brand new married or whatever. And you're having sex. And then you were like brutally injuring your wife. Right. Like, first of all, like as the, as you know, as a woman getting over that traumatic experience and working through that. And then, you know, as the guy being like, Oh my gosh, like, did I like, I I broke you? Yeah, exactly. What did I do? Like, Like, where do you go from there? Like, that would be such a hard way to start a relationship, to start a marriage. My goodness. And I'm just Um, so grateful
0: that your parents were thinking about you for like yourself, that this needs to be fixed, but also thinking about that. Moment absolutely brief, you know
1: and you know like we've said several times you know we were very much immersed in purity culture so I think it also would have been very easy for my parents to say, to say we, we can do the surgery but we're gonna wait like until you're engaged or something really like that's really progressive of them yes. wow yes absolutely <laughs> which
0: sounds crazy but if you guys are in the south you get it if you for don't sure. get it you're lucky but for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah that was I'm really thankful that they were thinking about you absolutely in that way and like we're like no this is important for her to like Cause I'm sure in any time, like for whatever reason, you would need to put your finger inside of you, you couldn't. Right, like, that's just not okay. Right, like right. you know, in any way. And shape. you know,
1: I could I have used pads for the rest of my life, sure. But like tampons, mm-hmm. you know, are a game changer if you have that option and that's right. your choice. You know, so my parents even being willing to do that for just you know, well, she doesn't have a boyfriend or and she's not anywhere getting close to married now. But we just want her to be able to have the choice of using tampons if right. she wants, so her life can be easier. You know, that's that's a big deal. And right. you know, thankfully my parents were willing to do that and they were able to do that for me yeah because you wouldn't have been
0: able to do that on your own no
1: absolutely not yeah um so i i am just you know so grateful that my parent you know it there really wasn't even much discussion about it it was like you know this is what we're gonna do um and we're gonna get you where you know where you need to be where you want to be and we're gonna make it happen so that's awesome so i had i had my hymenectomy um that summer after my sophomore year of college Mm -hmm. so um so a little bit about what that specifically looked like, yeah. um, is we went in for maybe like one or two kind of like pre-op consultations mm-hmm. and I got to meet, I think pretty much the whole team of people who were going to be working on me, which gotcha. that was really important to me. And I'll, yeah. I'll kind of further explain that. Like when I give some tips, if anyone else is going to have to go through this, um, or, you know, experience this, but so in those in those, uh, consultations, they basically just kind of walked me through, here's what the day of is going to look like. Here's what you need to do to prepare and, uh, got to meet those people. And, um, and that, and that was good just because I felt like I was really informed about what was going to be happening because I mean, you know, we're the say what family here, you know, if, if, Someone or multiple people is going to be, you know, poking around your vagina. Like that's very invasive. It's very
0: invasive. And,
1: you know, you need to have like a level of trust there to be able to put yourself in that type of situation. Right. Um, so it, it uh, just a funny side story about that i i maybe like the summer or the year before had done some shadowing at a pediatric occupational therapy um clinic and that's kind of when i fell in love with occupational therapy that's a story for another time mm-hmm. but the main occupational therapist that i had been working with uh who i loved her so much she's so great her husband walked in the room as my, I don't think he was my anesthesiologist. I think he was like a student at the time. So he uh-huh. was like going to be coming along with, with my case. Yeah. So he walked in the room and I immediately knew who he oh was. My gosh. And here I am like this 19 year old girl and he's like kind of yep. a young guy. And we're just like talking about my vagina, <laughs> yep. my hymenectomy. You're it's like, like Great. awesome. Love this for you know, <laughs> It's like, this is why we have HIPAA. So, right. you know, Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So that was yeah. super fun. That's funny. Um, yeah. Good, good times there. But so, um, so kind of day of my surgery, you know, kind of typical surgery things. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be anything like too wild or out there of, you know, they just tell you like when to stop eating, when to stop drinking, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and like when to be there. And so for me, I went in, um, you know, I was kind of in the whole, you know, surgical gown, surgical cap Mm kind of type thing. You know, all my nurses were really great. I, I just remember my experience in the hospital being just like very positive and everyone was very nice. And then, um, I, my experience was the anesthesia, with the anesthesi- ana- That's hard anesthesia,
0: oh, ana, anesthesi- anesthesia, my anesthesiologist, <Yeah>. wow, <laughs> big,
1: big tongue twister words, yes. um, like I remember they put like the IV in, and they told me like, oh, you know, in a few minutes, you know, you're gonna fall asleep or whatever, and I, I remember them telling me that, and then I don't remember anything else. <laughs> so you fell asleep
0: right there. You're immediately. Like, great. Immediately yeah. asleep.
1: So, so that was great. And then when I woke up, you know, I obviously was, you know, on a lot of pain medication mm-hmm. and was still woozy from surgery. Um, they really just wanted to make sure that I went to the bathroom before mm-hmm. they let me go home. That was the main thing. They just kind of want to make sure everything down there was still working properly, yeah, which right. totally makes sense. So almost immediately upon waking up, I was like, I have to pee. And they're like, awesome. <laughs> amazing. Love that for you. <laughs> yeah. So went to the bathroom and then. Pretty soon after that, you know, my gynecologist came and checked on me and she was like, you know, everything went great. Like, you're mm-hmm. great. You know, how you doing? I'm like, I'm awesome because I'm high on painkillers. Right. Yeah. So everything is great in my world. Everything <laughs> is awesome. So went home and then my recovery was probably about for for the next two weeks. Okay. Um, and so that's, you know, part of the reason why we did it in the summer, you know, right. so I wasn't at school. So I had, you know, the time to just lay low right. and recover. For sure. Um, I was still able to like get up and get around and like do things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I couldn't do anything like super active because I was, you know, still healing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't exactly know how that exactly works because, you know, like we've been talking about, like some women have hymen, some don't, like it can be thicker, thinner, whatever for everyone. It's different. And so it's interesting to think about this because, you know, for some women, you know, they have sex for the first time. There's no pain. There's no blood. You know, it's right. like the hymen's non-existent. Right. And then like, for me, I literally had to have a surgery and a two week recovery because my hymen right. had been removed.
0: Right. It's, it's wild. It, it is. is. wild. And I guess the recovery that you were needing was like your vaginal canal, like the walls in your I vagina guess? had to heal from like the scraping of it off. That's what I'm thinking. I, I I'm sure a gynecologist could tell us. Absolutely. Um, we are not doctors. We are but, not. We're not. But I think that's the beauty of this podcast is we tell you things in yes. words you can understand because we're not doctors. But uh, yeah, I guess that's where the recovery is. And just the fact that they were inside of you, right? That's just a lot. There was some, there was some trauma
1: that had happened in my vagina because of that surgery. Because you know, like I just said, like couldn't even fit a Q-tip up in there before. So the fact that she, you know, my gynecologist was up in my vagina with like a scalpel, and obviously, like I don't know exactly how it worked of how they like kept my legs and my yeah. vaginal opening like open during that whole procedure right. but you know that that's just a lot on your body. And it's so
0: interesting with that too because it's like that is not like your vagina is not like
1: right big so it's right. like
0: how are they even able to get in there without Absolutely. having to go like above. their professionals. fascinating yeah. to me. I'm like how did you get in there? How did you know what to scrape? And I guess that's just like they go to medical school yeah. and learn all that, but for us people who are not, I'm like, I, I don't know, because like, because we've said like, we, you, you can't see it yourself, so you don't yeah. know what you're looking for unless you are a doctor that's looking in you, and so it's like, how did that work? So I'm sure there's like videos out there you could watch. We don't know, but your body definitely needs to recover yeah. from that. But it is crazy, like you said, it's crazy how some people like never have issues. I never bled, so I don't yeah. even know what mine's like right. or if I even have one. Right, and then you had to have a surgery. Yeah, so it's just. So Crazy. different for
1: everyone. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was that was pretty much it for me as far as the surgery and the co- recovery. Just kind of laid low and mm-hmm. was not as active for two weeks. Were you in pain? Um, so the first few like the first two days, I was not really in pain because I was still, you know, taking medicine. Everything mm-hmm. to me just it was very numb. Okay. Like it was a very numb feeling. And then about day three, some pain started to set in. Gotcha. And I was trying to describe this to Hannah before. And obviously this was, you know, quite a few years ago for me, but the best I can remember and best I can describe the pain to me, it felt more kind of like a, a bruise pain. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, you've gotten like a really bad bruise on your shin and, you know, like you accidentally... Brush it up against something or yeah. touch it, and it's like that kind of pain. Yeah, yeah. That's how it felt. Like more gotcha. of like kind of a dull, like, oh, like I'm just sensitive. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I want to lay down. I don't want to sit down or, right. you know, I'm definitely sense. not going to be like straddling a horse anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. You know what like I'm you saying? you can just like feel exactly. something there and it's like
0: not comfortable yes. kind of. Yes. That makes sense. How soon after like your recovery were you able, like, did you just go and like immediately try a tampon or your fingers or yeah. what was that like?
1: So I think I didn't really necessarily try. Anything until my next period rolled around. Yeah. That and makes then sense. I was like, we're just going to try a tampon see and see how it goes. And I'm sure I don't have vivid uh, memories of this, but I'm sure I went back for like some sort of post op, you know, oh, checkup probably, and she yeah. made sure that everything was looking how it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then when my next period came, I was like, let's just see if we can do a tampon. It, and it went in like a dream. There you go. It and was you, amazing. No, pain, no like, pain. Yeah.
0: So then when you had sex, like when you got married, yeah. no pain with that either. No, no. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, that was one nice thing. I'm like, I know I'm not gonna have to worry about that at all. Cause my hymen is out Gone. of it. Like it's <laughs> right. not going to get in the way. It's going to be
0: fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So okay. Yeah. So you immediately just... was
1: able to use a tampon nice. and, and You know, that was just so freeing for me, both Mm -hmm. like, obviously the you know, peace of mind of like, okay, I don't have, you know, this physical issue going on anymore. But also, you know, like I said, mentally, I'd been thinking for so long that it was in your head. It was just in my head. Exactly. So to know, like, no, this was an actual like physical medical issue and it was something that we could surgically correct. And now I'm able to do the things that I wanted to do. Right. that was just gave me such like such a a free and peaceful mentality surrounding that. Yeah. Such a
0: relief to know too. that Because not that your mom was telling you like it's in your head right. like that but just which is again we're not blaming your mom whatsoever because right. i who at this no one knew stuff about this For sure. when that was happening or if they did we the south didn't know right so, <laughs> like you know the south that our small christian experience didn't know but like you hear that from like okay it's a mental block so right. that's just years of you thinking like man i just can't get past this yeah. mentally and then once you start Hearing, like feeling that way, it probably does get a level also of mental block because you're being told that. And then just being afraid
1: to keep trying because it hurt. Right. And I was like, I don't want to keep hurting myself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's just like, and then it does get to there. So then mm-hmm. for you to be able to insert it, no issues, have sex, no yep. issues. Just be like, and you're still not having any, like you've not had any no. issues. Yeah. Mm-mm. So it's like that surgery solved it. Like yeah. done feeling good. And this is like, I mean, I want to talk about this for many reasons for education, but also because like I tell girls who are always DMing me like, Hey, sex is hurting. What should I do? And my first response is always, always. Go to the doctor. Because yep. I know my girls who are listening to this, our vaginismus experience sounds similar to right. Caroline's hymenectomy. Like I, she was hitting a wall. She couldn't insert anything. And that does sound similar to vaginismus. That is a symptom. Mm-hmm. But hers was like an actual, not that vaginismus is in the medical issue because it is, but hers was like, we can solve this with like a, surgery. Like a physical
1: deformity, yes, if that's, you will. That's a great, yeah. yeah. That's
0: great. Because her doctor looked at it and she said immediately, it was like, oh, this is what's going right. on. So that is always, always why I tell people you need to go to your doctor. For first because it could be this and you yourself are going to have no idea like if you the difference between vaginismus or your um having i think the word is imper imperforate hymen, hymen i think is the name right. of it or whatever but like your hymen is, is really thick you know yeah. like you're not
1: going to know that for yourself exactly and so. there's and like i said there's not really much that you can do about it on your own right like, cause I tried, like I tried to, you know, thin it, massage it, yeah. you know, open it. And it just, you know, wasn't working. Like for other people right. who maybe their hymen is thicker, but not as thick as mine, maybe that would be successful. But you're also not going to know that until you've gone you go to, to your doctor, doctor and right. figured that out. Right.
0: And that's why I just like always tell people to figure out a way to get to a doctor. Like yes. if you don't have one, maybe have your first appointment. Also
1: 10 out of 10 would recommend trying to insert your finger or a tampon, yeah. you know, before you have sex for the first time. So you're not finding out when you're maybe her- that you have this issue when you're having sex the first time. Right, yeah. right.
0: No, absolutely. And that's just why, like, it's so important to go to your doctor for this stuff, like, because you could have that issue and you don't know right. until you get it checked out. And then for, obviously, those of us who have vaginismus, it's a different thing with our muscles. Right. But I could have had that and had no idea. And so yeah. when I went to the doctor they didn't see anything, that's when they're like, okay, we feel your muscles contracting. Right. That's vaginismus. Um, So I just wanted to, like, make that so clear because I know that I have my girls listening who are like, oh well I can just like do these stretches or whatever I'm like Mm. nope you need to go to your doctor it's not yes pelvic floor physical therapy I think is obviously the cure to all but there's (laughs) also another medical issue you could be having that you don't know if you don't go see your gynecologist so
1: like I said this was this was an an ongoing issue for me from the time I was like 12 or 13 to 19 when I finally got it resolved yeah so don't Wait as long as I did, (laughs) you know. Let you know if you hear this podcast and this sounds like you or this sounds like someone you know. Like, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to go and ask your doctor because I was even actively going to my doctor and not and just not sharing that and not you know saying hey let's resolve this issue at age you know thirteen versus age nineteen you know I just and and you know, I was young. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know how that was supposed to go. So always right. just be super open with your doctor because they're only going to be able to help or say, I don't know. I can find out.
0: Right. Yeah. And then you'll get some good stuff, some good next steps. So, uh, can you give us some like tips for girls who are like, you know, either found out that they have this issue and are about to have a hy- hymenectomy, like, or think that they do. And then they go to the doctor and find out like, what are some tips for like preparing for this procedure?
1: Absolutely. Well, first, you know, like Hannah always says, know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I'm sitting here talking about this, because similar yeah. to Hannah, when, when she said she was diagnosed with vaginismus, you know, she couldn't find a community. She couldn't find a podcast. She couldn't find a yeah. person. She couldn't find a Facebook group that, you know, could give her some insight and to right. make her feel less alone. So, you know, that's why we're doing this here, because similarly, I have not met a single other person who's had a hymenectomy. Right. So right. that's why we're sitting here talking about this. Yeah, you're not yeah. the first one and you won't be last. Nope. You're not alone. Um, as far as actual hymenectomy surgery procedure, you know, mm-hmm. just some pre and some post tips, um, before I don't really have a whole lot to say, except, you know, like I said earlier, don't be afraid and honestly make it a priority to meet, you know, the whole team or mm-hmm. as many members of the team as possible who are going to be performing the procedure. Yes. yes. And, you know, This is important for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, one of the reasons is you just wanna establish some rapport with these people because they're gonna be all up in your business. Right. (laughs) Right. And you don't know them. Right. They're essentially strangers. Like they're healthcare workers, yes, but you know, they're strangers who are gonna be, you know, witnessing, experiencing something very intimate in your life.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
1: so, you know, just having met these people ahead of time Mm -hmm. will just give you some level of comfort and preparedness Mm -hmm. and assuredness that you need going into a type of surgery like this because i'm not gonna lie like it can be intimidating like thinking about like oh i'm gonna be unconscious and i'm gonna go into a room full of people that i essentially don't know and they're gonna be poking around my vagina right like (laughs) when you put it like that like you're like oh (laughs) yeah that's a lot yeah so you know just meeting those people establish some rapport make sure that you you know feel like these are people that you feel safe with right and if you have any red flags about anyone we gonna find somebody else something (laughs) they can find somebody else that's not the only you know anesthesiologist or the only nurse or the only whatever in the hospital they can find someone else and
0: know that like it is totally okay to ask to meet your people like this is a 100% okay thing to do because like Caroline said like it's an invasive thing they're gonna be in that room with you and Mm -hmm. you have the right to know who your doctors are and nurses and people who are gonna be in the room with you so don't feel any like nervousness or like like, oh, am I, like, is this going to be extra work for them to l- let me meet them? Like, that doesn't matter. Like, right. you, this is a surgery, and you should get to know the team that's going to be in there. So don't feel any, like, nervousness or hesitation about Absolutely. asking. Like, that's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, second thing, just pre-surgery, um, you know, it. anyone going into surgery, you know, your immediate mindset may not be like, oh, I'm, you know, so calm, so zen. Mm-hmm. But I just say, you know, do whatever you can ahead of time. To try to get yourself to a place where you're going to be, you know, as calm mm-hmm. and relaxed, and you know, as confident and safe as you can. Yeah. You know, whether that's like I said, meeting the whole team, whether that's you know, taking the day before to just intentionally do some self care and get yourself into a really yeah. good headspace, uh, whatever that looks like for you personally, just so when you're going in day of, you aren't, you know, freaking out and in your head about you know this procedure that's yes. going to be happening. Yeah, that's so good. Um. For some, you know, post-op tips, uh, just just some FYIs, like, you know, post-surgery when you're in the hospital, like I said, they're not going to let you leave until you go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So just be prepared for that. So for me, like I said, I had to go pretty immediately. And yeah. so I was able to leave maybe a little quicker. But if it, you know, takes you hours to pee, just know they're not going to let you leave until you do. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. just know that ahead of time. Um, I would also just kind of describe this experience. I have never been pregnant have never given birth. So I cannot definitely not equate this 100% by yeah. any means, but I think maybe like the most tangible way to describe it is it feels a little bit postpartumy, mm-hmm. Um, just like you're, when you, you know, when you come, you know, when you wake back up, like I had this ginormous pad in my underwear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, they had told me, you know, wear granny panties mm-hmm. and be prepared to wear granny panties and pads, you know, for the next a little while, yeah. so you know, make sure you have some like good, you know, high-waisted cotton underwear. I um, plan to wear those You know for the next week or so mm-hmm. um, Like I said I personally didn't experience any pain Until like a day or two after my procedure Because I just kind of felt numb for a while mm-hmm. um, And like I said It was kind of like a, a bruise pain level Gotcha. And things that I would recommend I did not personally do this But looking back I, Again I was like 19 I didn't know anything about postpartum either So I right. would not have thought to prepare this for myself But I've heard and seen That some women postpartum them, they've prepped like pad sickles for themselves. Gotcha. Um, which is basically, you know, to ice and to soothe uh your vaginal area, like after, sense. you know, having that trauma. Yeah. And so, um, and that's, you know, something, you know, you can make you can look up on Pinterest how to make them, yeah. prep them ahead of time, have them in your freezer, have them ready to go. And I feel like that will really help just kind of soothe the area. Like I said, that's not something I did, but I wish I would have, because yeah. it was just like so uncomfortable and it just would have been nice to have like a, something to ease that pain other than medication yeah yeah no that's a good call Um, and then like I said just plan to lay low for the next few days like up to two weeks I'd say but you'll be able to move around just fine like you're not bedridden or anything mm-hmm. but you're definitely not going to be running that marathon or right. riding that horse or <laughs> you know, watch having sex Right. you know that's yeah. not going to be happening for, for right. a little while it's
0: a good time to like you know I always talk about Netflix but there are people out there who like to read books so you know read <laughs> Your favorite book. Um, I'm trying to think of other things you can do besides TV, but you puzzles. can definitely, yeah, you can do some puzzles. You can, you know, hang out, have good conversations. I yeah. don't know. Also, you can watch some TV. I'm, I'm, I'm big on if you're gonna relax, just watching some TV. So yeah, yeah definitely take your take your time, just chill, breathe. I'm talking like I have been there, but I'm just, <laughs> I am encouraging all the
1: things, Caroline. You've experienced saying. similar things, yeah. So yeah. you know, you can speak to it as well for sure. I think you know also. And this is very much just like me looking back on my experience, you know, when Hannah and I started talking about me coming on the podcast to share my experience, you know, I just started thinking back on it because it's been quite a while. And so just having some retrospective thoughts about, you know, that whole experience, because it was, you know, quite a few years of my life that I was, you know dealing with this and then you know having the procedure
0: and it's not something that happened like every now and then it was literally every month right every single month you had this thought exactly okay what are we gonna do am I gonna try it am I not gonna try it oh I'm sad because I can't use tampons or cups or whatever I have to just use a pad not that pads are bad but right for sure but you know
1: years of having to turn out oh you know I can't go to the lake that weekend because I'm gonna be on my period or oh I can't go to that pool birthday party because I'm gonna be on my period (laughs) right right that sucks um but so I think just looking back um, some things that I wish I would have done differently or, you know, things I wish would have been communicated or handled with me differently. Um, you know, us, you know, Hannah and I growing up in the culture that we did, um, you know, we've already said, you know, we weren't talking about our periods. We weren't talking about our vaginas. Mm -hmm. We weren't talking about sex. We weren't talking about tampons really. Um, and so, I, you know, whether intentionally or not, uh, grew to feel a lot of shame around this, yeah. and definitely did not feel like I could tell anyone about it or talk to anyone about it right um, because it was definitely like, you know, whether it's a physical thing or a mental thing, something is wrong with me.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and it should not be that way. It should be easy, but for you for, but for me, it wasn't. yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, it it made me really sad. Mm -hmm. It made me feel like I, you know, had to keep it a big secret, you know. It really wasn't until college when I was having these more open conversations with other women around me that I, and I actually decided to do something about it, you know, then I was like, oh, you know, other people have other things going on too. Like nobody's body is the same. Nobody, you know, nobody's, nobody's body is, (laughs) you know, just flawless and perfect. And, you know, it's okay if you, need to go to a doctor and right. help them figure... I'm like, you know, if I had had some other, you know, issue going on with my body, I would not have hesitated to go to the doctor and get right. it figured out. But
0: because it was in your pelvic floor exactly. region, it's like, oh, nope, can't talk about it. Yep. Can't go anywhere, whatever. Yep. yep. And so
1: it just was kind of like this big, kind of like shameful secret in mm-hmm. my life for a really long time. And then even when I had the procedure, you know, it was communicated to me, like, you know, this isn't something that you need to tell anyone about. Like, this isn't something you need to talk about. Um, Because, again, it was just kind of that, like, shameful type thing. Right, you don't tell people about this. Yeah, it's like, you know, just like, you know – I would say kind of more of an older mentality of like, oh, you know, we don't talk about our sex lives.
0: Right, right. You
1: know, we don't, we don't talk about money. We, we don't, don't talk exactly. about that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you know, you of course you wouldn't tell anyone about this either. That's kind right. of lumped into that same thing, which, you know, like Hannah and I talked about, you know, your hymen being equated to your virginity. It's like, well, mm. now you don't have your hymen. So I think there was some level of mentality there of like You lost your virginity through yeah, surgery. Or, yeah. And um and so it was very much like you know, it wasn't communicated to me. Like you can't tell anyone about this, yeah. but it was like, you know, there's really no need and you really shouldn't because this is a very private thing, right.
0: which is also kind of, is crazy because it's a surgery.
1: Absolutely. Like you went
0: through a surgery that included like recovery time yep. and, but it's like, we just can't talk about it. And yep. it, I'm kind of sitting over here laughing because I'm like, well, of course we wouldn't. T- I don't actually feel this way, but like, of course we couldn't talk about it because we can't even say the word penis or vagina. Right. So why would we be able to tell somebody right. about the surgery? Like Absolutely. that's the mindset. I'm like, well, if they can't even say the words and call our penises and call our vaginas what they are yeah well of course they're going to tell you like oh we can't say this if if we're referring to our vagina as a cookie or a lulu or whatever there's no way that we're going to be able to share what happened to you because you'd have to say the
1: word for sure you'd have to say
0: the word exactly (laughs) you can't say those words
1: yeah Um, I don't actually feel that way y'all know that but it's just (laughs) like of course so oh. I would just say, you know, if you, if you or someone, you know, is <laughs> if you or someone you know, know has
0: gotten in a car accident or whatever, what are those things? They're like, <laughs> call entrance. this
1: one yes. hundred number. Right. But seriously, if, if you or, you know, someone, you know, is experiencing this or has experienced this, you know, I just want to let you know you know, this is a shame-free zone and it's your body and it's, you know, something that you are experiencing or you have experienced Mm -hmm. and it is completely up to you who you choose to share this with or not share this with. You know, there, you know, there were years in my life where, Like my, I told my college roommate Mm -hmm. because I, you know, she was a person that I'd had conversations with about not being able to use tampons. And so Mm -hmm. I did tell her when I figured out what the issue was and, you know, when I had the surgery, like, she knew, but I really didn't tell anyone else. And then if, you know, a few years later, you know, maybe something kind of came up in conversation and I, you know, felt like I really knew that person and really trust that person. So this is something I could share with them. Yeah. Um, I just want to let you know, like not to belittle or invalidate your experience. It's really just not that big of a deal.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: like if you you know broke your arm and had to go to the doctor and had to wear a cast you would tell so many people you would tell that. so many people there would be <laughs> right. no reason for you to keep that a secret right um Just because this is something that's happening like in your vagina, yeah, does not mean it's sexual, does not mean it's sensual, does not mean it's promiscuous. And your vagina is not a bad
0: part of your body. Exactly. No part of your body is a bad part. And and if you don't want to like post on Facebook, you don't have to, but don't feel like you have to keep it a secret. Like if you're like in 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 a similar vein, like when I first started going to pelvic floor physical therapy. And remember, guys, I had already started the podcast at this point. I was still like well, I don't want to tell my like pastors or I don't want to tell people like, oh, I can't come to this meeting because I I would just be like, oh, I just can't be at that meeting that day. I wouldn't say, when I'm literally going to like a therapy to help me but there was so much shame around it and it's kind of similar in that vein like you don't feel like you have to keep this a secret like it's just part of you and I think that's part of like normalizing this stuff is Mm -hmm. like speaking up about it Mm -hmm. and so and it's okay if if you don't like don't want to do that but let the reason be just because you don't want to not because you have shame about it
1: exactly like I said it is it is up to you it is your choice don't let anyone else tell you that this is something you shouldn't talk about or you shouldn't share with Mm -hmm. people or it's inappropriate it's not it's not it's your body it's It's your body. It's your choice. (laughs) It's something that's happened to you. You can choose to tell whoever, everyone you want about it. You can post on Facebook about it or you can literally tell no one. Right, right. And that's absolutely fine. It's completely up to you. We just don't want
0: your decision to be shameless. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That's what
0: we're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So... Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. Oh my gosh. this was such a good like educational episode and I've been wanting to talk about it for a while because it's not something people talk about. And so we're changing that conversation. So thank you seriously so much for being here and like sharing this part of your story and like helping all these women who are, I don't know if they're all these women are going through <laughs> it, but for the ones who are going through this, like, thank you so much for just like giving them some hope that like healing is possible. And it doesn't always have to hurt. Like Absolutely. things don't always have to
1: hurt and be Absolutely. You know, painful or hitting and a wall. Just, you know, another reminder there, if you're experiencing pain, that mm-hmm. is not normal. That's right. not okay. You right. need to get it figured out. Right. Go pain, see a doctor. It can
0: be common, but it is not normal. That's right. So we need to figure it out. Someone asked me the other day, like, how do you know when your pain is bad enough to see somebody? I'm like, just having a little bit of pain, yep. maybe twice, like maybe one time something hurt and it's like the wrong position or something. Right. But if something happens twice, you need to go to the doctor. Absolutely. Like, I would even say probably the first time, but, but it, it, absolutely the second time something hurts you, right. like you need to talk about it. Um, and there's no shame around it. So thank you so much for being here. If if you guys are like going through this and like want someone to talk to about it, like feel free to message me and I can like get you in contact with Caroline. If you have any like specific questions or anything like that, I know she'd be more than happy to to talk with you about it. So for sure. Awesome. Well, Thank you again. And friends, I just want a quick reminder that you can still join the Say What membership. If you are interested, we would love to have you in the Facebook groups. Um, I'm putting out some extra podcast episodes. We're doing some Ask Me Anything lives. We're talking. I just gave some like sex tips this week in there and gave some sex positions ideas. And it's just a really fun time. So um, if you would like to join that, you can click the link in the episode notes. Um, But if not, I still love you so much. (laughs) And we will talk soon.